This is a Rooster Teeth production. We've discussed the legendary cryptids like Bigfoot, Yeti, and Mothman, but you might be surprised to learn that they're not the only cryptids in the world. In fact, some could be a lot closer to you than you realize. Today we dive back into the world of the weird as we discuss two creepy cryptids, the Banshee of the Badlands and the Ozark Howler. This is Red Web. Task Force, welcome back. It's Monday. You know what that means. We've got another mystery for you. I'm Trevor Collins, and with me, as always, coming in blind, is Alfredo Diaz. Fredo, we're talking about some more cryptids today. Yes, we are. Oh, sorry. I'm stuffed. Uh, We ate so much pizza uh, just before this podcast. The kitchen department of the Task Force headquarters (laughs) came in with some uh, pizza monstrosities for us to to test out. There was a collaboration between our R&D and our kitchen. Yeah, Yeah. and and so we're coming in with a rock in our stomach. (laughs) (laughs) Um, These, okay, so we did like legendary cryptids. Yes. And then we tackled Squonk. I'm just going to say squonk. Yeah, we, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when yeah, does I mean, it tackle squonk? Squonk yeah. tackles itself, but yes, um, a little more bit more obscure on the... cryptids, but really, squonk. Yeah. Like, that was the highlight. A little bit more on the goofier side. These, these seem a little bit more terrifying. Yeah. Banshees so and howlers. These ones are definitely more of the paranormal theme, a little bit more on the ghost side okay. of things, yeah. These also seem like the ones that would tear you to pieces. Oh, probably, okay. uh, if you got on the wrong side. Interesting. Um, yeah. I'm, in, I'm like, hmm, I never really thought of, like, Paranormal cryptids. Me neither, right? Because like when you when you think about ghosts, you think about banshees, for example. And you're like, oh, well, that's like the story of it. But no, like maybe, uh, maybe in particular, like this banshee of the Badlands has uh, an, had to make a name for itself, just because. Um, I I don't know. Like, when does something become like go beyond yeah, where, a haunt? Where is that line of like when it's frequent ghost, enough? How do you uh, like if you're a ghost? How do you apply to become a banshee or a cryptid? Yeah, like the gray lady. Of the the Will, the Willard Library we talked about. Right. Like, when does she become a cryptid? Is it know. when she loses all humanity and starts to look a little bit more like uh, like creature like? Yeah. You know mm. what we need? What do we need? Another department. We need another department. <laughs> we need to get to the bottom of this, and the only way is more horizontal expansion. Uh, yes, <laughs> a thousand percent. Chris is over there laughing as if we don't have the budget for it. Oh, and we don't. Well, uh, but uh, that's the thing here. Ten about, more five star about the task force industries is, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and the budget will come flowing in. <laughs> Just before I begin, this is a huge announcement for us. Uh, We've had some animateds before, but we have officially created some high-fidelity Red Web animated content available on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash redwebpod, if you want to check that out. It is some of our uh, existing mysteries with those visuals added and animated condensed into a nice short form. Oh, so you smooth, you know, you're studying, you just want to have it on a second mod or something like that. Yeah. Some pretty casual and cool to look at. Also, might as well just go ahead and subscribe to that channel. Who knows? Might have a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, some other stuff coming in the future. We got plans. We got plans. We got plans. But let's dive into the Banshee of the Badlands. Now, this is something I've talked about every time I do it. I go in blind 
to an episode with you because sometimes it's it's fun to take that journey with you. That's not oh, yeah. something I typically do, but that's something that more or less I did here. Mm-hmm. These are cryptids okay. that I'm interested to learn about with you. You learn together. Yes. Uh, so without further ado, let's talk about it. So the Badlands that we're referring to are that of South Dakota. They've also been referred to as Hell Without the Fires because of their extreme temperatures in that area that can reach upwards of 116 degrees Fahrenheit, 47 degrees C. Wait, South Dakota gets that hot? They get hot up there, dude. I just, I've never heard of anyone talking about how hot it gets over there. That's true. I mean, they are mine. Usually more they, north, yeah, despite the name. Right? Usually people are talking about like Arizona. Yeah. Okay. Right. So it gets hot, surprisingly. Yeah, that's um, too hot. Nice little arid area. But also, uh, to kind of exacerbate the fact of this temperature range here, it, it also gets to as low as minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, come on. You can't have it both ways. No, it swings both ways. What? It goes far. Uh, which is, interestingly <laughs> enough, a little factoid, that's okay. also the, the temperature at which both Fahrenheit and Celsius are equivalent. Was literally that number? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And then also, and then it starts to become, it doesn't matter. Anyway. Right. um, Spirals off. But yeah, this, this area is almost exacerbated by the fact that there are very little, if, if not any water sources. Mm -hmm. So this just kind of makes this arid area all the more dangerous to normal humans to kind of just be kicking around. I have a question. Yeah. Why, why aren't there any like cryptids like in the hood? Like honest question. (laughs) They've been or, built or just over. like I like a lot of like cryptids in San Francisco end up in the wild. or L.A. It's always like in the wild or places where there's you know a lot more space. Like, oh, are there, there like be. heavy, like, dense city cryptids? Is that going to be like there could be? Like, I mean, I know they talk about like gators in the sewers of Florida. Oh, true. That just feels like a thing that's factual, though. Yeah. Like, we Florida's don't have Killer s- Croc down there. stuff going on. Yeah. And then Florida, man. I mean, I'm sure that's essentially yeah. a cryptid. Shared identity across yeah, many true. people. <laughs> It's That's just, a good it's question, always, though. It's always, like, in, you know, in, in places that are just not as, like, built yeah. and developed. I don't know. I was going home. I saw the streetlights were dimming for some reason. Flickering went out. Shattered on the ground, in fact. And I looked down and squinted my eyes and I saw, oh my god, what is that big hairy man that's ten foot tall, rounding the corner, going into the alleyway, picking through the dumpsters? It's true. It is the City Squatch. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell I made up that name as I was saying the syllables? Yeah. Really? <laughs> that obvious, huh? The deafening silence after you said that name. <laughs> Maybe that's because the thing would be like fully jumped and, and removed from the city. Right. I don't think anyone's there's chill with a giant tons creature. Of cameras and then there's police yeah. all over the place mm-hmm. or just civilians themselves that are right. just like, hey, get off my street. Some people are more aggressive. <laughs> is that in the what city. you do? You would just, hey, you, this is my street. Right. Cause I would think it's not like some cryptid. If I was like walking, you know, hometown San Francisco and I saw something yeah. big here, I'm like, that's just some person in a costume. I'm not going to think Ooh, it's like yeah. Bigfoot, right? I, I, my mind wouldn't jump to that. Just because, again, you don't think that cryptids are in LA. Ooh, you don't. You know right? what? I feel like New York deserves a cryptid, but San Diego maybe as well. Just because uh, there's a lot going on in San Diego. They got Comic-Con. They can blend right in. Dude, got, that's uh, true. That is a time for Sasquatch. You're like, oh my God, that's an amazing Mothman cosplay. And, he, and the, the thing turns around and he goes... And then you go, oh my God. Wow, they're really committed to this Wow, you're really committed. Your eyes are terrifying. Yeah. Whoa, is that a squawk? Whoa, my body's being squawked. All right, let's... 
okay. So let's get okay, let's sorry, get back sorry. on the on the track. I just it was yeah, I was just wondering. Was it, like, hey, you asked the question and I just went with it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stop myself. I will say from a quick Google, there's one called the Toronto Tunnel Monster that lives underneath the in the tunnels underneath Toronto. Whoa, you want to go to the tunnels of Toronto with me? I, I would go. It probably stink like all hell. Yeah, that's the monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. The Badlands are made up of layered rock formations, steep canyons, and towering spires. Uh, There are bison, bighorn sheep, and prairie dogs as the kind of main fauna that you'd see uh, in the area that spread through these grasslands. And in these Badlands, there is said to be a ghostly woman that haunts haunts a butt? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Butte. Haunts a butte. Excellent news. I was terrified. Dude, haunts a butt. What? <laughs> My cheeks. She haunts a butte, which I know is actually a geographical formation, and is sometimes accompanied by a skeleton that enjoys music. Wait, what? Yeah, that's what we got. Uh, okay. She's got a familiar with her. I'll be honest. I thought I would be desensitized with Kutsukwong, mm-hmm, right? You look mm-hmm. at it, it melts. What the hell? Right. Wait, so it's just like a skeleton that just like plays music? What instrument does it play? Or or just enjoys it. Oh, okay. So maybe that's the way to calm it. You know, if you're out there and you hear a screech, you, pull out around, your, you hear the rattling bones, and, and you're, you pull out your ukulele. Your Spotify playlist. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, listen to this. And you put on some yeah. Katy Perry. And it's like, yo, what you think of Drake's new album? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I really enjoyed it. Well, obviously... This ghostly woman, this apparition, is known as the Banshee of the Badlands. And Banshees, just for a little bit of backstory here, are creatures from Irish folklore that are said to let out a scream to signal approaching death of somebody. So they are essentially a harbinger of something bad to come. So to expand on this, there is actually an Irish tradition where a woman will perform a lament after the death of a loved one. This is acted as a basis for the legend of the Banshee. So essentially, this this legend is grounded in reality, that this right. is a traditional activity that people would do. And banshees are known to follow Irish families around. So some think that she, this banshee of the Badlands, could have followed migrants from Ireland over to the Americas. Oh. Yeah, like c- come with them across the seas via boat sometime back in the 1800s. I took it as originally when you said it that like I'd be safe because I'm not Irish. Oh, like... Yeah. I mean, if they still follow Irish families, right. it would stand to reason. It's just that they are here now because this isn't Ireland. Why would they mm-hmm. be here? Oh, maybe they came over. They came over. With emigrating families. Right. No, that yeah. makes sense. So most of the surnames that end up associated with the Banshees to kind of illustrate the fact that it follows traditional Irish family names, they tend to have prefixes like O, Mick, or Mac associated with the family names that they that they follow. These are prefixes typical of names that are of the people that are native to the insular Celtic lands. The term banshee itself describes a female spirit in Irish folklore who heralds the death of a family member, usually by wailing, shrieking, or keening. So, all my Irish cohorts out there, if you hear some uh, screams in the night, I don't know what to tell I mean, you about it, but uh, something's coming. Well, like, what can you do? Can I hear 80% of a scream if I'm 80% Irish? I'm not. Oh. Or am I, like, 20% safe? No. It'd probably, like, gravitate towards you more. (gasps) You probably have the ability to carry it with you. Oh, but but not enough to be haunted by it. It's just, like, she could be my familiar. No, but but it's 80%, though. It's not full, though. You know, like, it's like, that's essentially glass half empty. You know what I mean? 
So like I if it were if the banshee were to like hit us right now, mm -hmm. I'd run away from you. <laughs> I'd be like, come to me. Uh I just yeah, no, I wouldn't be wouldn't be near you. But like, I don't know. If like if I heard a screech like that and I, for some odd reason like I knew it was a banshee, like you're just screwed. There's nothing you can do. Like, right? This isn't you're not gonna have the brothers from Supernatural bust in and then start saving your life and mm -hmm. pull out all these weird chemicals or like crucifixes or other items uh, to fend off supernatural spirits. Like you just, how would you even know? You don't, you die. Yeah. Just, well, I mean, the thing, it, it doesn't seem like it attacks you. It seems like it's, uh, it's basically saying like, I might be scared to, to, to witness and I'm going to scream around you to indicate that somebody in your family, perhaps yourself is uh, meeting their end soon. Oof. Because I don't know if it's the one doing it. Or maybe it is. Maybe it says, I'm screaming because I'm coming for grandma. And like, oh. you know. Yeah, I took it as like, hey, it's going to attack. Mm. That's kind of worse. Like, then you don't know what to expect. Well, because then, even then, it's just like, I'm, I'm sure there's no like, hey, when the banshee screeches, you have 12 days. It, it could like screech and then your death could be like years from now. Unless you tell me otherwise. That's how I look at it. Yeah. And then you're always living in fear, which is kind of worse. Yeah. I would you, not want to mm. know when my time to go is at all <laughs> because then I'll just think about it all the time. I know, right? Maybe the Banshee's just like, fear salts the meat. <laughs> I'm going to get you ready. That's actually a pretty good Banshee voice. <laughs> um, man, this is really interesting. So accounts of the Banshee date as far back as 1380. Holy hell. And I'm going to do my best to state this publication's name the way it should be. It's a very complicated name, and there's not a whole lot of resources that uh, empower me to hear it. Uh, so I'm going to try my best here. The Kathraim uh, Thordhilbag. Oh my goodness. I yeah. tried my best. Thordhilbag. Thordhilbag. I believe that's as close as it's going to get. I'm trying my best here. But now, according to the Irish, the Banshee of the Badlands in particular... Maybe this is why it became a cryptid, because this particular one got to be well-known. Maybe it didn't follow an individual family, but instead a group of Irish folk in that area. So, according to historical Irish people, uh, it would appear out of the darkness when members of certain clans were nearby in order to warn them of their approaching death. She comes out at night when the sun has set and the noises of the wolves and the owls inspire... Okay, pause. Owls. Instantly, the harbingers of the harbinger, right? You see what I'm saying? There's the, have to, there's the connection. Here it is. There's the connection. So, <laughs> when the sun is set, darkness has fallen, and the noises of the wolves and the owls start to inspire that uneasy feeling right. of anybody staying in this desert of the Badlands, that is when it's said that she would come out. And it's interesting. It seems like whoever kind of his, the historians that have talked about this, right. I mean, obviously, if you're uneasy, you might be willing to see what yeah. you're expecting. But also, what better time than when you can't see anything and you kind of blend in with right. the noises of the night? If it, the the um like the time frame very conveniently lends itself mm -hmm. to your mind playing tricks on you. Yeah. Is there anything tangible? Is there like a museum somewhere in Ireland where there's like a cloth that was like supposedly Ooh. cut from a banshee or anything? Well, I'm going to throw it to Christian for, for more of that, because while we do have sightings and some theories to come um, with regards to both of these cryptids for today, I don't know the goings-on of our future notes, so... I mean, even Bigfoot had some pictures. Right. 
had some pictures, had mm -hmm. some footprints, had some tufts of hair that well, people I guess Squonk think. didn't have anything. Oh, that's because Squonk melts into yeah, water. That's true. Can't, is this Squonk water? Is this cup of Squonk water or is this here's, just normal? Here's, here's the thing, though. Uh -huh. If we were ever to see Squonk, I would run over and scoop up the goop. Oh, you're going to goop scoop it. Yeah, then we take it back to the lab yeah, uh, over yeah. at Task Force HQ. And obviously, because we have a lab department, that's we don't even need right, to pay right. for that. That's already existing. Yeah. They test it. Right. The laboratorians. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the buff minds and the, the buff bodies. Well, of the scientists sciences. are in the science department. This is a laboratory department. That's true. Completely discreet, separate entities. That's true. Look, these departments are molding together. <laughs> Listen, we, we gotta, gotta keep. We gotta keep hey, we're expanding. Straight. We're expanding faster than we can keep track of it. But like, it's almost like we're making it up. But why don't we have that though, for squonks? Squonk is another episode. I know it is, <laughs> and, I, and I know that you're very fascinated with the squonk. I don't know why we don't have scoops of squonk. <laughs> I would be very fascinated to hear a story about if. Hey, task force, if you've squonk, got a cup of squonk goop. out there that you want us to analyze, genuinely, let us know. If you manage to 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 cop a See some goop, goop. Just see like a little thing melt before your eyes. We should sell uh, little mini bottles of water on the store and call them scoops of squonk. Oh my god. <laughs> squonk goop. Yeah. Just thick water. Oh god. <laughs> That's gotta be thick water. Uh, maybe some googly eyes in it. <laughs> yeah, any like tangible evidence of the Banshee of the Badlands, Christian? Oh, I thought you were asking about Banshees in general. Of the Banshee, the Badlands, no. There's no specific, like, photo evidence, video evidence. I'll take Banshees in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Banshees in general, also no. Oh, okay. Well, that didn't, that, <laughs> wow, wow. He was like, oh, Not, not well. from what I can find, at least. You're setting it up as if there were something. I mean, even with, like, ghosts, you see, like, photos and yeah. stuff like that. There's got to be some scratches and stuff, you know? Some of the guys scratch somewhere. Now, coming back to these old stories about the Banshee of the Badlands, it is said that the ghost can be seen on a hill a mile south of the Watchdog Butte with her hair blowing while she tosses her arms around, almost like she's trying to get your attention in her wild gestures. Watchdog Butte, by the way, seems to be a hot spot for paranormal activity as there have been reports of orbs of light and other strange electrical phenomena nearby. So it's interesting, maybe this Banshee has latched onto a natural source of, of power or just some, some sort of natural phenomenon that enables her to stick around and maybe that's why she's able to become a cryptid. Whereas ghosts seem to kind of ebb and flow, like even the one of Willard Library seemed to have suddenly disappeared after, right. a, a, you know, 100 or 200 years. Live around long enough to see yourself become the cryptid. You know. Now, if you do see her when you're walking around at night in the desert and you happen to look up and, you, and she catches your gaze, once you do see her, and you're intrigued enough to approach her, oh, she no. will. You, would you do it? No. What if she's screaming for help? What if she looks corporeal? What if she looks like a regular person? I will go, I'll go get help. You scream, what's I'll, your social security number? I'll Prove call it. 911. Yeah. Or whatever the 911 line is in Ireland. Or South Dakota. <laughs> or South, sorry. Yes, South Dakota, because no, people I, from Ireland brought it over. No, I get you. I get you. Yeah, whatever Dakota's area code is. Or no, it's 911, not area code. Yep. I'm, yeah. <laughs> so if you become interested and you start to approach her, let me go ahead and just walk you through how she will become silent and calm until asked what she wants. So essentially, she's trying to get your attention. This almost seems comical in my mind. 
is you're walking around or maybe you're just out there or maybe you're just living your life and you happen to look up on the on the hill the butte and you see a slightly translucent very you know gray i imagine figure with hair floating see there's a thing flailing see that's that's how you fail to get me over there uh-huh i'm not going to approach anything that's translucent yeah that's fair right i mean mistake, it's hard to tell from afar perhaps but mistake number one well i'm sure i'll get like medium distance away and yeah go, that's a see-through person i feel like most sane people would be like listen even if that is a regular person you're in a bad way this is the wildlands there are wolves there are worse things like owls out yeah. there willing and ready to get me also it gets hot and cold out here at the same time so i i would just probably uh turn the other cheek and say i'm sorry but if you did happen to approach, it feels like that scene in Ghostbusters where the librarian is very calm. But yes, as you approach, she'll get very calm, almost to draw you in, get your curiosity even more peaked. And then if you start to engage with her to say, what do you want? What are you here for? She will simply scream. That's when she'll initiate her shrieks, her namesake, essentially. So then, I mean... So then that would mean that you're going to die sometime soon? It would probably, yes. They would, it would tend to indicate that it, either you or a, a dear loved one might pass away in the near future. Damn, that's so vague. It's very vague. <laughs> and I think part of that is what makes this even more scary. Because especially this one, it seems that the stories extend to um, other Irish clans, as it were. Mm. Like other clusters of Irish folk in the area. Um, now, interestingly enough, we come back to the skeleton kind of friend, as it, again, as it were. The ghost skeleton friend will wander the Badlands, it is said, in search for music. Once it finds the music, it will then bring forth its fiddle and play along through the night. Those who encounter the skeleton and his music are encouraged not to follow the player if the skeleton then turns to leave. So essentially, if you're sitting around a campfire having a good old time and the skeleton joins you're almost encouraged to just let it happen, ignore it, not give it too much attention, and certainly not follow it. What happens if you do? That is a very good question. Uh, if you do follow the skeleton, they will lead you to a rocky pitfall, one of many in the canyon, because as I mentioned, this is a very rocky terrain right. with a lot of cliffs, a lot of steep edges, whatnot. So the skeleton will tend to lead you to a rocky pitfall where you will probably meet your end. It will be pitch dark outside. You won't be able to see what's going on. And uh, you'll probably watch it continue on as if it's walking on solid exactly. land and then off and you then go. And then off you fall. So almost to silently discourage you from ever following to perhaps where it lives or where it comes from. I don't know. I mean, that's honestly kind of cool. It is kind of cool. It reminds have me of, some... uh, what's that movie, Mama? If you haven't seen that movie, you should. I'm going to put it on my list. It's not like... Super amazing, but it is yeah. a very interesting concept and very creepy. But yeah, like there's a whole thing with a cliff on that one too. But it uh, just seems like a supernatural magician, not magician, musician that comes around. Maybe <laughs> knows magic. A little bit of I magic. Mean, it's a little in bit of magic. I mean, like, <laughs> I guess like electronic music, hip hop, house. I mean, what if I'm playing Duel of Fates from Star Wars? <laughs> what well, is how is that funny, Christian? Sorry, I'm <laughs> <just> <laughs> picturing that. <laughs> <laughs> the night in South yeah. Dakota. So if you manage to live through the night, you don't get haunted, you don't follow the skeleton off a rocky cliff face. As the sun rises, the music is said to cease. Whether the skeleton stuck around or not, the music will subside. And those who did not follow the skeleton but experienced the skeleton 
are then said to walk off almost as if they're in a trance, hypnotized by what they listened to and what they heard, Ooh, almost bad. like themselves are now seeking what the skeleton is now seeking, Ooh, no, like a bad. curse. No one really knows the explanation of these spirits, why they remain in these bad lands, but the legend continues from the late 1300s all the way up to today. So it's very interesting. Let's talk about some of the sightings now that have been encountered. Of course, there are countless sightings, so we're going to talk about some of the bigger ones, uh, some of the more interesting ones that have some extra detail to them. So there's a story of three cowboys who claim that they came across a ghostly lady. The cowboys sat around a fire telling stories and whistling tunes until they were all cut off by a terrifying shriek. They looked around to see where the shriek possibly came from when something caught their attention at the foot of Watchdog Butte. There stood a woman, translucent and shining in blue. Even though the cowboys could barely see her from the distance and the translucency that we were talking about earlier, they thought she looked like a pretty woman. And so what? Nature took over, I imagine. So this was up until the cowboys heard the scream again and watched as her arms shot up. Her jaw dropped down and her eyes turned to black pits. Ooh. No longer enticing. That's very descriptive. Very descriptive. I can picture that kind of deeply unsettling. That's terrifying. So now, already in fear, the cowboys turned around to see a fire growing behind them, accompanied by the faint sound of a fiddle. Now, I want to pause right here because... Wait, a fire? Now we got a fire in the mix? That's why I want to pause for a second, because the fiddle already tipped my hand, but the fire part now... Now, this is a totally different topic, but I can't help but think of all the stories of the devil, who has obviously fire and brimstone, but who has fiddle associated with them and their stories. You know, whether it be... The, the devil went down to Georgia or what have you, there are quite a number of very interesting stories where musicians or otherwise have come across the devil and his fiddle. And so this almost seems to feel very reminiscent of those stories. And I almost wonder if there isn't a similar origin here or if there isn't right, maybe some, some type sort of, of crossover. Yeah. But anyway, so yes, they're, they're they, attracted by this woman. They start to approach, turns into a very freaky, like jaw dropping, arms shoot up, very freaky scene. And then this fire and fiddle sound up behind him. So they start listening to the fiddle until they fell asleep. But once they woke up, one of the three cowboys had suddenly, mysteriously disappeared. They noticed his boot prints in the sand and followed them all the way to the edge of a cliff. When they looked over, anticipating the body of their friend, what they saw instead was that of a skeleton lying next to a fiddle. Wait, there's no way in hell. Go on. There's no way in hell. Why not? Why not call the cops? Not These are cowboys, any, baby. Not take any photos? They're probably wanted. Oh, come on, man. That's like... What year was this story, if I may ask? Because I'm imagining that this is Wild West territory. Photos are like not way, super common. Way, way back. Yeah. We couldn't find an exact year, but yeah, based on the cowboy uh, detail, yeah, we're assuming it's like 1800s, maybe. Yeah. Well, suffice to say, these cowboys were terrified, immediately fled to the nearest town, sharing their story, which is how it went viral in modern terms and why this story is around today. But they never risked going back. They never risked seeing the Banshee again. They never find their friend? They never found their friend. And they never wanted to go back to search for their friend, lest they lose yet another man. Very interesting. Or, because this show has tainted me, they off their friend. That was their story. (laughs) That is... A very likely uh-huh. twist uh-huh. Uh-huh. for our skeptics in the task force. That is definitely a strong uh, twist on reality there. Yeah, correct the case. Go ahead. <laughs> now, 
maybe this is part of the origin of the Banshee here, but it is said that a woman once died near Watchdog Butte, the, the butte that we keep talking about here in the Badlands. And ever since then, hunters, cowboys, warring parties that came through this area all claim that they have heard the shriek of a woman warning of death. So it's interesting that maybe this is the origin. Uh, it's counter to the Irish backstory of banshees that we were talking about, but maybe that's why this person is locked to this area. And maybe she's not as terrifying as we once thought. Instead, she's trying to turn people away. Maybe this skeleton lured her to her own death and she's just kind of associated with it because she's trying to protect this area, protect people from the dangers of this area and keep them alive by screaming at them. What better way to do it from the dead than to scream and scare them away? That is a really cool perspective. I never even thought about that. You know, ghosts are just people too. Well, okay, well. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I tried. I tried. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but yeah, you know, maybe a little positive twist on the uh, the old paranormal. But it's unclear whether the death of this woman was related to the Banshee or if this woman herself ended up becoming that of which we know of as the Banshee. Or if people knew of this legend and this kind of knew the, knew the story of this woman dying or, or of the Banshee and conflated it all and just kind of built up the idea of this legend in their minds, you know. One other interesting note, and it's less of a sighting and more of a report, but one other interesting note I have here is of that of King James of Scotland. So before he was murdered, it is said that he reported that he encountered a banshee at some point in time. That is very interesting to me, and it kind of adds some credence to the idea of the banshee being the harbinger of death, in this case for oneself. But with that said, we can move on to some theories. Okay. But that's a whole that's a whole king coming out saying, Hey, I, I heard something out there in the woods the other night and then bopped. Yeah. I guess like that'd be the equivalent of like the president saying they heard a banshee and then passed away. Mm. Or maybe it was uh, maybe somebody that did this. The murderer was out in their front yard, the you know, a couple nights before, just wailing away, screaming from behind a tree, and I mean, then it did seem it. Like it was, and then was like, "Hey, let's not look any closer. It's an open shut case. It's a banshee, the banshee did it. Yeah, because back mm. then they were a lot more superstitious. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Now let's talk about the theories. Obviously, as with all mysteries of this caliber it's it comes down to is this real or is this fake what other motives might be within this to kind of perpetuate a fake story now while there are many alleged stories of encountering this banshee there is not much as you asked for earlier there's not much physical proof to adhere these reports to reality a lot of it is just anecdotal the legend of the banshee could be ruled out as a hoax due to their supernatural abilities such as vanishing to thin air, floating through the air, electromagnetic interference causing surrounding light sources to flicker or malfunction, and the ability to predict death. These are all attributes of the banshee that are otherwise not justifiable or proven by science and thereby really open it up to, hey, is this, is this real? Like, let's just cut to the chase. Is this real? It's just funny because as you're reading out like all the attributes. I guess it's just because we play enough video games and board games mm -hmm. that I went, yeah, that adds about right. Like that would be the skill set of the Banshee. Yeah. Like, yeah, actually. If the there's... Banshee was in a game or a board game, like, yeah, that's the skill set I would think it'd have. Yeah. You know? It wouldn't be, you know, physically powerful or anything like that. <laughs> it's mostly just guarding, in, in my experience in games, like swampy areas, graveyardy, mm -hmm. foggy areas. And then, yes, they definitely wail at you and they definitely swipe at you. Yeah. Now, a lot of people believe that banshees are 
unlikely to be real, not only because of their attributes, but also because that they have a firm footing in Irish traditions and culture. And when you look at traditions on the whole, especially supernatural-focused traditions, they tend to lack hard evidence or hard proof, much like we talked about here. And so a lot of people just fall into the camp of, yeah, this is a nice story, like, it's it's traditional and, and it stems from a time where we might have known less about what goes on in reality. And this was part of filling in those gaps. The mysterious sound in the woods, company by people passing away, what have you. And expanding on that using kind of the definition of a legend, a, a legend is a traditional story sometimes popularized uh, and then regarded as historical, but is typically unauthenticated. And so within those realms, it is kind of almost self-admitted by being a legend that it is right. potentially real, but likely, likely not. not. Um, but it, what's interesting is, and this could help substantiate both sides, whether you believe or don't, in the 1800s, many Irish clans migrated to South Dakota specifically, and today the Irish population is the third largest ancestry group in South Dakota. So on one hand, it could be a fact, especially for those who tend to believe the paranormal, it could be a fact that this banshee either latched onto a family or a handful of families migrated along with them, it could be that their belief in this tradition actually created that. I mean, I know that a lot of people uh, subscribe to that. Like, if you believe in this deity or in this entity, whether it be a ghost or otherwise, that it actually creates that. It substantiates it in reality in a way, um, which is a whole different topic. Or it could be that the Irish moved to this area, bringing their stories along with them, and those stories spread to either the indigenous peoples or other individuals in this area, and then that kind of sparked interest and intrigue, right? You and I would share many interesting stories such like, I mean, yeah. we do a whole podcast we, because yeah, of your interesting exactly. stories. And, and that enabled that to kind of get a second life of its own yeah. and stay around. A fun story to tell like during, on the campfire. Yeah. But long story short, I mean, that is the Banshee of the Badlands. Very interesting story. And I do uh, honestly just like that it stems from I, 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 there's just no other story that I've really been familiar with that is a ghost or a cryptid or a mixture of both that is transcended from one country to another or has in theory moved along with a people. That's so interesting to me. Such yeah. a, a unique attribute to a, a, a cryptid like this. Yeah. And I mean, it definitely like also brings up the, the conversation of like what makes it cryptid, what makes it like. Definitely. Like, and then that's a whole discussion all in itself. But the fact that like it migrated through people, you know, and hey, who knows? Like maybe you could apply that to other cryptids like Squonk. Maybe Squonk is native to some other area, and then it like it was a stowaway on a ship or something. Yeah, you know what would be no really, one looked at it and then really it, mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> no one looked. What do you mean? How hey, else would it survive on the ship, Christian? We don't go in that room. Why? Expert. I don't know. Some, yeah. <laughs> one time somebody went in there and they didn't like what they saw, so we just never went in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then it made it all the way. A little squonk with her squonklets. <laughs> um, I guess what would be really interesting, and I and I keep teasing this idea, and I know we finally have it on the docket now, Christian, to explore the idea of a hollow earth and all of the stories that kind of yes. dovetail nicely into it's that coming. theory. Yes, I um, wanted that episode. Yeah, because I mean, there's hollow earth as a concept, but then there's a bunch of different stories that mm -hmm. are in our kind of field of expertise that all touch on that as an idea, but they're all completely different ideas or all completely different stories. One, I'm just kind of making up on the spot here, but 
I'm sure a lot of people believe is that if this earth was hollow and that there was a biome within the earth, yep. could you imagine, let me just cut to the chase. Imagine you found a deep hole in the earth, you repelled all the way down, got there, gravity inverted, and you're walking around on the inside of the earth's crust going, oh my God, there's a squonk, there's a Bigfoot, there's a chupacabra. Like, and you just start seeing all these cryptids and every now and then they maybe just make them way up by accident. They're just displaced and misunderstood. And you're just bolting because and, Chupacabra and, go, and, and Bigfoot are after you. No, they're not things after are you. popping and melting all around. They're telling you're seeing squonks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, see, they're telling stories about the cryptid humans. They're like, oh my God, did you see that? Was that a human? You know, ghosts are walking around going, oh my God, mom, I went to ghost school and I came back. I think I saw a human. <laughs> I mean, is there is there just like any form of life like within the core, like closer towards the core? Uh, just like you know, I always say tardigrades, like, maybe. Yeah. Subcellular life that is yeah. just like hard to kill. I don't. I don't know. It's just it's like condensed minerals and. Oh, it's hot! It's hot. Yeah, and it's down just, there. It's just hot, but I mean, just so you gotta get so far down. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you got sandworms that just haven't shown themselves yet. Big, you know, get a, like crystal a, geodes or something. A real you know. dune and tremors situation going. Oh, tremors. Let's take a quick break of talking about creepy cryptids to hear words from our sponsors. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. It's all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned so you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snap with options like family-friendly or quick and easy recipes. HelloFresh's chefs really know how to diversify the menu with seasonal recipes like salmon limon and pasta primavera. I get HelloFresh right to my door. It's easy, convenient. I have the little like recipe cards. I actually keep those because I can revisit those meals if I want to in my own time. Um, and make them myself or even spice things up. But it's nice that like all my bases are covered. I have it there. It's pre-portioned. I could just cook it and then I can, you know, kind of like I'm not big in the kitchen. So this like really baby steps me into the kitchen and the world of cooking. So HelloFresh has been a great experience. Go to HelloFresh.com slash RedWeb16 and use code RedWeb16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's 16 free meals and three free gifts by going to HelloFresh.com slash RedWeb16 with code RedWeb16. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. If you're listening to RedWeb, you probably enjoy stories of conspiracy theories, cults, and maybe even scams. Maybe you'd also enjoy learning about money laundering. You can get all that and more on The Jordan Harbinger Show. It covers a wide range of topics through weekly interviews with guests that offer an inside look at worlds most of us don't get to see. The Jordan Harbinger Show brings in experts who've been on the inside. Check out his episode in Illicit Gold Smuggling and the Dirty Money Funding It, or his recent episodes on the language of fantasism. The Jordan Harbinger Show also covers technology stories like deepfakes, telepathy, and preventing a superbug epidemic. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations, or search the Jordan Harbinger Show, that's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life can be overwhelming, and many people are burnt out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, fatigue, and more. We associate burnout with work, but that's not the only cause. 
Any of our roles in life can lead us to feel more burnt out, and BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing the stress to your life. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Task Force members get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com RedWeb. That's BetterHelp.com slash RedWeb. And back to the creepy cryptid episode. All right, let's talk about the Ozark Howler. The Ozark Howler is a creature that has many other names, Ozark Howler being the kind of main one, but they're also known as the Ozark Black Howler, the Hoo-Hoo, the Nightshade Bear, and the Devil Cat. What's wrong? The Hoo-Hoo? Yeah. It seems owl-themed. It does. I'm immediately on guard. (laughs) My defenses are up. (laughs) It is claimed to be a cat-like creature nearly the size of a bear with a thick body, stocky legs, black fur, glowing red eyes, and horns. Always with these glowing red eyes. Whoa. Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah. A cat the size of a bear, glowing red eyes, and horns. Mm -hmm. I would not have guessed that at all. We also have what appear to be... Big photos to come up. Okay, yeah, now so, we're talking. So, you know, if you're uh, listening, you want to queue up those photos for yourself, hit up our Twitter, at RedWebPod. But now with the photos, we have the issue that we're talking about in a previous episode. What's that? Where we, how, like, when we first started doing the show, it's like, where's the where's the evidence? Where's the proof? Where are mm-hmm. the photos? Especially, like, now we have more advanced equipment. And everyone's right, got right. a cell phone with 4K cameras, right. etc. And then you showed me the picture, it was in the library, I think, um, of like ghosts and stuff. And I'm like, that just looks like a person dressed up, right? right? So now it's just, it just gets to the point where it's like a movies and CGI is so good or like um, just actual physical prop makeup and all that kind of stuff is so spot on. Oh, so yeah. It just looks like it's a, like a, sh- a part of a show or something like a lo- that. Yeah, it, I say this myself, but a lot of people, you know, it's popular to say, Hey, ever since we all got smartphones in our pocket, aliens disappeared, Bigfoot stopped showing up, and like, why can't we capture this stuff in 4K? And I'm like, well, first of all, yes, yeah, there could be, a lot of these sightings could just be like the graininess of old school footage or what have you, but also the ability to fake things has also gone up as well as the ability to capture things. And so, or I don't know, I don't it's interesting. It's, it's all interesting. You never know what you're looking at. I mean, there's a whole website called This Is Not A Person. And every time you go there, every time you refresh, it's a picture of a face. Every time you refresh, it's a brand new face. It's a face that's never been seen before because it's an AI making it. How do you know it's not a face that's never been seen before? I'm going to do a, a poll and ask 7.8 billion people. Is this you? It's got to be at least someone. I'm sure someone will look like it. Like, you could go long enough. Like, oh, man, let's let's go on that website and refresh until we get someone that looks just like you. Okay. You're going to be there a you long say time. this is AI generated? I believe so. This looks real. Show it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's like, to, to Alfredo's point, this... No, that's a that's a real... That looks like a real person. Wait, what? Well, then this is a very troublesome sight because these are it's, yeah, photos like you, of people. Like, like you said, it says AI generated. It's a bottomless pit of new faces. The thing, though, it looks like it's a camera. Like yeah. it even has like on the forehead like the flash the, and the flash and everything like that. It's got some oily skin and Yeah. Yeah, refresh it. See what else you get. But if that's AI generated to your point, it just goes to show how well we could fake things. So can you trust anything ever at all? 
that's true, right? If someone came out and started being like, here's photos of Bigfoot, I would be like, oh, that's just a prop department that put that together or something like that. Mm -hmm. See, now I'm just one of the people that's never going to be happy. It's either it either looks too real or I don't get enough evidence. So the Howler has, in addition to its physical attributes, has been described to have had an eerie yet violent and loud voice. Okay. The Ozark Howler also, much like other legendary beasts, has been described as a dark omen predicting the death of those who see it. So this is why There's we kind a little, of, little of package these here, together. Yeah. yeah. So the creature supposedly lives in remote areas of Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. We might see one sometime. Its cry is described as a combination of a wolf's howl and the laugh of a hyena. Which, by the way, I've seen enough footage of hyenas in the dark with their glowing eyes that, <laughs> that like... It's a weird oh, laugh. Oh, man. It's, it's so weird. It's very unnerving, so I can only imagine if you came across a bear-sized cat-looking creature with horns making those noises. Now, the phenomenon of the Ozark Howler has inspired generations of folklore, art, and literature. In the 1930s, a local press published a book of folklore about the creature called The Tales of the Ozark Howler. In 1947, folklorist Vance Randolph referred to the Ozark Howler by name, Hoo-Hoo, in a book called Ozark Superstitions. Again, in 1973, there was another mention of the Ozark Howler, and it was actually reimagined this time as a multidimensional, time-traveling creature in Timothy Godwin's short story, The Hair of the Black Howler. There are others, too. I'll just go ahead and read those, too. More recently, the Ozark Howler has been written into children's books. My goodness, who is doing this to kids? Uh, Billy Bob's Howler from 2014 and Hunt of the Ozark Howler in 2016. Author Eric R. Asher wrote a series of novels called Mason Dixon, which also mentions the Howler. So, a very popular creature. Also, it has inspired poets like K.W. Peary and Rufus Gray to mention the creature in their works. So, it's pretty well known, at least in the literary world. I, I had not known much about I this. I had no idea. But it, I'm very excited. There's not as many descriptors here uh, on the Ozark Howler as there were in the Banshee. But let's just dive into some of the sightings. Mm -hmm. Some of the earliest sightings of this Ozark Howler is from a man named Daniel Boone. You might have recognized this name um, in the early 1800s. Boone claimed to have fired his gun at the Ozark Howler, but there's no evidence that the beast was killed or kept as a trophy. Therefore, we can't say for sure if he really did come face to face with this beast. Again, what you're going to notice is there's a trend of lacking yep. physical evidence, unfortunately, outside of some of the photos that I'm going to mention here in a second. Another individual and also American outdoor adventurer named Forrest Galente spent an episode of his show, Mysterious Creatures with Forrest Galente, hunting the howler over in Missouri. In that episode, Galente uh, interviews a man who claims to have encountered the Ozark howler three times. He then says he was going to use his wildlife biologist skills to trap the howler he tries to catch it in a cage and holds a piece of meat up as bait in the cage, but only ends up catching wolf pups, which for me... It's kind of cute. Kind of cute. <laughs> let those pups out, let the mom have them. Yeah, yeah. But also tends to indicate if, if the voice of this creature is a mixture of wolf howls and hyena laughs. True. And you're catching puppies in an area that you think you saw them. Oh, man. Are you not just seeing how... Like, are yeah. you not just seeing wolves? Wolves yeah. can get pretty big, yeah, and if people don't know, like, I'll be real. I've seen a bear only at a zoo. I've seen it from afar. I know they're big, 
But if I saw it in front of me, like a grizzly or a black bear in front of me, I would be like, oh my God, that's massive. Yeah. But if I saw a large wolf in the night and I only saw bears at a distance or only knew of them from photography, I might be inclined to think, because wolves get big, dude. Yeah, they get get pretty massive. I've seen hybrid, like, uh, gray wolf uh, huskies, I believe. Like, I've seen those uh, in... There's like a whole place where they like, if, if people try to like get rid of them into the wild, they're like, no, they're not suited for it. So they take them into a sanctuary. Either way, I've seen photos and videos where their heads are huge. Yeah, they get massive. And so I only imagine like a normal gray wolf would just be massive. Yeah. Really what if you're just people. seeing like the mom or dad and then you're hearing the pups just play? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those mm, are the combinations. The combination of the two. And then the horns or the ears, perhaps. Well, now we're jumping into the theories, but that's that makes sense to me. The Ozark Howler is said to be in Newton County, Arkansas. So I'm just going to give a pause, moment of silence for all of our task force listeners in Newton County, Arkansas. Uh, in 2011, mm-hmm. it is said that the Howler was prowling around that area. Then in 2015, a resident of the area surrounding Devil's Den State Park, also in Arkansas, claimed to have photographed the Ozark Howler. There we go. These photos were sent to the 4029 news station, who then reached out to the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission, who said that there have been no documented sightings of the Ozark Howler in that area. The commission also could not comment on the credibility of the photos, so whether they're legitimate or not is up for speculation. Christian, do you do you know if they also tried to identify the creature? It seems like we talked about the credibility of the photos and etc., but I'm curious if they didn't try to identify it. I'll let you take a look at these. Not nearly the size of a bear, unless these were taken by a redwood tree and from far away. Honestly, it kind of looks like a goat. It looks straight up like a house cat that needs to eat a little bit. A long tail. And has two little horns glued to it like a jackalope. It really, yeah. And I'm imagining, I mean, listen, I don't know my tree. This is a pretty clear like daytime photo of the thing too. Right. Now, I don't know my trees, and I don't know my tree barks, but that looks like the base of a healthy oak tree. And uh, oak trees get big, but not that big. I'm telling you, that is not a bear. <laughs> that is not a bear-sized No, not at all. At this all. must be like a, a baby howler. That is a, oh, like a lap howler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's got a long, thin tail that's not, it doesn't have any hair on it. It's kind of like rat-like. It looks very short-haired. And the other interesting note is that the hair is lighter to the bottom of the legs where the paws are. There's no red eyes here. I just noticed that. Uh, maybe, see, that's another thing that commonly happens is I, I tend to believe that with regards to at least some cryptids, that the red eyes are either a shared piece of description from other cryptids, from other entities, or it is literally the flash uh, giving you red eye. That happens a lot, whether it's yeah. cats, normal, just creatures. Mm-hmm. I almost said human creatures. Normal creatures have... Have that very same thing happen at night. So I'd imagine that cryptids have the same thing. Yeah, this was like the size of a medium-sized dog. Mm-hmm. It does not look alarming in any way, shape, or form. No, if I saw that, I might be like, you lost the little guy? I'm like, what the hell is that? I'm like, that's not a normal animal. But- yeah. Let me take a look at this other photo here, the second one. Because I'm almost wondering if there's some sort of like, I mean, I dress my, I'll be honest, my the, weevil up. The just an amateur looking at a photo like it's well lit and everything like that it's actually pretty clear that to me if if you were to tell me like this is a real photo then I'm like okay someone dressed up like a goat or something I'm gonna describe this as best I can it looks like the body of a hairless cat 
with long but sparse hair mm-hmm. kind of sticking up, almost like quills, but not really. So like hairless cats tend to have still some hair, not purely bald, not all the time. So it's like that werewolf looking cat. I don't know the breed, so forgive me. Long scraggly tail to go with it. All that makes sense. The face looks dog-like. It almost looks like a ferret's face or a ferret's head, but much bigger. And obviously not on the body of a ferret. And then the horns are very interesting. They are symmetric and they don't look like they're just placed there, but it's hard to see in this kind of quality. I don't know. From what I'm looking at, I'm not seeing anything where any experts tried to officially uh, classify or decide what it was. At least in that moment, right? Yeah. I did see the. there's a little more detail from the person who took the photos where they said that they were up near uh, Yellow Rock Trail at the park and they saw this, this creature chase a squirrel up a tree. They said it moved like a cat and then they said it was yelping and scratching at the tree and then once it got the photos it turned to look at them and then just wandered Interesting. off. That reminds me of a video where a cat was barking out the window at other dogs, well, at dogs, and when the owner walked in the room, they filmed it, their cat's barking, and then the cat turns around eventually, sees the Mm -hmm. owner, and like kind of looks shocked and then looks forward again and then starts meowing and then walks away from the window. What the hell? Like, cats are smart like that. I'm wondering like if Uh, this isn't some sort of like, well, let me just jump into the theories because I think that'll kind of help carry some of what I'm about to lay down. So while Christian, as you mentioned, uh, the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission didn't try to identify it In general, though, people have. Cryptozoologists have tried to identify if this is uh, what this creature could be, and they've speculated that if it isn't this cryptid that we're knowing it to be, it could be that it's an unidentified big cat, or at least a bigger cat species than that of a domestic household cat. Um, Anthropologists and folklorists have speculated that the creature might be a branching off of the dark dog of death found in British folklore. Many versions of the creature, like Ozark Howler, have been described as having glowing red eyes, as I kind of mentioned. Mm -hmm. Some biologists, though, who in fact believe in the Ozark Howler, assert that uh, it's a hybrid of maybe perhaps mountain lions with another undecided species. That way it has that size, but yet that familiarity. Other guesses have included that the Ozark Howler might be that of a wild boar, an eastern woodland bison, a hyena, or a surviving member of the Creodont family. Obviously family meaning not like a last name family, but like family, genus, species, that kind of thing. Creodonta. It's a, a scientific order to, believed to be extinct, unless this is uh, telling us otherwise. Believed to be extinct order of carnivorous mammals that lived from the Paleocene to the Miocene epochs. So. 65 million to 56 million-ish years ago. Exactly, yeah. Woo! Extinct ancient animals, basically. Now, that would be spot on. Now, that that I like. I love digging into that because when we talk about things like Bigfoot, we, we dig into like fossil records like Missing Link. We look at split-offs from uh, Homo sapiens and, and Homo erectus and Neanderthal and all of that sort of stuff. That is the same thing that's happening here and now you've just got me keyed in. I mean, Fredo, look at, just like scroll sideways across uh, the Creodonta images. We're not gonna post these because uh, I encourage you to Google these if you're interested, C-R-E-O-D-O-N-T-A, Creodonta family of creatures. Now, 
they look very spot on to what this creature is described as. Not these photos, perhaps. Right, right. But they look like they have the head of something like between a cat and a boar and a hyena. It's got the body of a hyena, certainly, where the back arches down, the lower, the back legs rather, are shorter. And the photo has like a longer snout, too. Longer snout, yeah. The thing is, is these are chompers, though. These are these things bite. Now, like this thing right in here. How would you... I don't know. Like, I think the, the the tough thing is just... How would it continue to exist for 60 million years? Well, even if it just, Silently? like, was biologically able to do so, right? Uh -huh. Adapted to its environment and uh, its digestive system adapted as well. They're, they're not, like, intelligent... Well, unless they are, we just don't know. They're not, like, hyper-intelligent creatures to be able to avoid, like, human contact. Right. That that's that's the that's the major thing about like a lot of cryptids. Where I'm just like, how would they even be intelligent enough to avoid humans to the point where they're just like, uh, like I'm the world's right. best hide and seek like player. Right. I mean, there are other provably existing animals that are fearful of human beings, and yet despite that fear, you can still stumble into them. Right. You know? Yeah. Um. Maybe that's a a numbers game. I don't know, man. It. I don't know what I find more disconcerting. The fact that something could hide and be on this planet Earth without us knowing for eons and eons, like we're still exploring the sea, that makes sense to me because there's so much more volume to hide it rather than the surface and yeah. trees of the planet. Yep. But like, the sea could, but there's could caves and there's mountains and there's faraway places. That makes me think that it's possible that there are creatures hidden in places, but... Some hidden cave so there's, system. So there's that or like, what? oh man, I don't know. I don't know. Another theory is that this creature could be the Kushi, spelled C-U-S-I-T-H, and it's a mythological hound found in Irish and Scottish folklore. They are said to look like a wolf the size of a young bull with shaggy dark fur and paws the size of grown humans' hands. Its tail is described as being long and coiled up. I've never heard of that. Yeah, neither have I. This one's tail's straight out, though. It is straight out. Very little curve to that. But... As with anything, there is the possibility of it being a hoax. This time we have a little bit more detail on that, so let's dive in. Chad Arment, in his book Cryptozoology, states that the Ozark Howler myth is a hoax. He and many other cryptozoologists received email messages making outrageous claims about Ozark Howler evidence. So the contents of these emails aren't specific, and he hasn't talked too much about them, but... Looking at the emails, or reportedly through Chad Arment, it seems that he and a bunch of other cryptozoologists were led via these emails on a wild goose chase. That maybe these emails were just simply sending false locations, false photos, and other tricks that uh, were just used to try to build this story to create the idea of this Ozark Howler. These messages were tracked down to a university, the University of Arkansas. In fact, down to a student who had made a bet that he could fool the cryptozoological research community. However, stories of the Ozark Howler existed long before the student's prank, and so that kind of makes this a little bit yeah. hairy, right? Like, they didn't just invent it. No, not at all. They but did try to perpetuate it. Yeah, they did. So with that, you have to start questioning, well, what of the things we discussed were part of that hoax uh, or were brought to the, to the forefront and popularized by the hoax and what existed before? Jason Ofit, in his book, Chasing American Monsters, writes that, quote, Many people have dismissed the Ozark Howler, but Howler sightings stretch back to the early 1800s. Cryptozoologists have endorsed the book as highly recommended, writing, quote, 
Ofit does a special service to the field of cryptozoology with this new book. Now, it doesn't necessarily outright prove that what he's saying about the Ozark Howler is factual. They're just kind of broadly saying that his book is good. Yeah, maybe just lending a thumbs up to the the research behind mm-hmm. it, you know? I don't know. That's uh, that's all we have there on that, but uh, it's interesting. Another interesting one that I hadn't really known much about, but hey, it's in Texas. Well, well hopefully I won't come across it. I, I wouldn't want to be the one to discover any of these cryptids. I like the idea that we start this episode asking for city cryptids and maybe someday you and the missus are just walking around downtown, going about your theater life, you know, mm-hmm. going from one musical to another as yep, you do. Yep, yep. And uh, kick now. and then in the night, you're walking with the uh, young Bruce Alfredo and uh, <laughs> young okay. Bruce Diaz. And, yep, uh, yeah, okay. yep, and you right. come across an Ozark Howler who snags your pearls and and, okay, I'm <laughs> and the pearls leaves Bruce okay. over your mangled corpses, <laughs> oh and now we have oh my god, the Powder Man, <laughs> the, the sequel to the Mothman. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, interesting. I mean, not much more to say on that. What do you? How do you feel about both the Banshee and the Howler? I mean that the the Banshee. I just feel like it's just like just this big tale, mm-hmm. right? That's been told over time, and then that's just kind of where it's at. And then the Howler, I mean, you, there's a photo there. I mean, that looks yeah. like it was an actual photo. But I mean, who, I mean I'm mean, i just an amateur. Um, I, I go back to, at this point, oh God, I just get pulled so many different ways with because of so many episodes. But, I mean, the Loch Ness Monster, that famous photo, that was proven to be like a big right. hoax, right? They made the little creature, th- they just put it together and put it in the water and took a photo. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like... Damn, like I was this, just hoping yeah, maybe right. it was just some dolphin or something like that. It looked weird in the in in you know what it's what its silhouette. So this could my mind goes there, which is like, okay, I believe this photo is real, but I also believe that someone just like started gluing stuff to an animal. Oh my god. Yeah, know? I mean the in order if it to was try another and be animal, like, I found a cryptid. Yeah. If it was another animal, I'd be like, okay, that's kind of disappointing, but you know, it makes sense. But if it's a human creating a situation and then trying to yeah. that that almost feels more offensive to be like oh oh i believed that oh there's yeah. one's a mistake the other is like an intentional mislead but yeah i think yeah when it comes to the banshee it almost seems like a good tale to warn kids away from straying off into the wilds of mm-hmm. the badlands yeah which is a good lesson to teach them maybe not through fear but hey if it works and then uh, then you got the ozark howler who i kind of want to look more into to figure out what's going on there. I mean, who knows? We discover a species of, of bu- I mean, granted, they're way tinier, but we, we discover a species of bugs and birds and all that kind of stuff all the time in the Amazon. I'm going to start calling those cryptids. Anything we discover from here on out is cryptid. cryptid. Giant squid, cryptid. But it's just like insane to be like, oh, we've never seen that bird before and now we've seen it, right? And it's just been living in the Amazon. Right. It's just so dense and, and a lot of a lot of the forest is untouched. Who's to say... Right, if I'm not to be skeptical, if I'm to believe it, then that's where my mind takes me where it's like, yeah, that's what happened. It's just, forest is dense, there's miles and miles and miles of it, and we just so happen not to go walk into the core of that forest for for any reason. Oh, I've seen too many movies to, to go wandering off into the middle of the Amazon. Yeah. Too many movies about, oh, you came across some ruins with an ancient plant that's gonna possess your soul. Mm-hmm. What was that one? The ruins? Yeah, yeah, I think it was the ruins. Where there was like that 
temple that had the, like no growth, like no plant growth around. They had, like salted yeah. around it. Ugh. I'm more I'm more scared of like a more realistic thing like arachnophobia. The movie. Oh my god! The the, the giant was... spider came back from. I, guess, uh, I think they were traveling like to the Amazon. I don't it, like it came that. back and it rode in the box and stuff like that, yep. and then ended up being like in like a then like a farmhouse or something like that. I watched that movie several times. I don't know why. It's because then every time terrifying. I went to go rinse my hair out in the shower and you close your eyes, I'm like, "There's gonna be a spider on me." That's gross. Yeah, but that like that's more realistic. That could happen. That could definitely happen. And I hate it. <laughs> um, but hey, uh, this has been another cryptid episode. If you haven't listened to the other ones, we covered Bigfoot before, Jersey Devil, Mothman. I believe we dabbled with the Yeti at some point. And we also did Squonk, of course, where we did three obscure cryptids that you might not have heard about, Squonk being one of them. So yeah, go check out those episodes. Otherwise, uh, if you like what we do on this podcast and you want to help support it, we have merch at store.roosterteeth.com. But you can also support us for free by simply giving us a review wherever you listen to us, whether it be on Spotify, iTunes, or elsewhere. Those reviews go to support the show. Let us know yep. we're on the right track. And exactly. boost us in a very algorithmic-driven world so we can yeah. uh, you know, continue to find more task force members and keep doing cool stuff yeah, with you all the bigger we grow the, the, the you know maybe ramp things up do oh, cooler yeah. stuff we're, we're we have a lot of ideas cooking up so the more uh, the more you guys come out to support in the ways that you have the more mm -hmm. we can keep doing that stuff that you like but otherwise with that said Fredo see you right back here next Monday for another mystery bye <laughs>